This episode is sponsored by the Idol Draper in Bradford. Hello, this is Dom Jolly, and you are listening to Nova Meets. Cheers. Cheers. Just Thanks so much for doing this. That's all right. It's a pleasure. I'm, I'm not going to be using these spittoons just later. I'm going to drink this. We're in the. Um... I'm allowed one. I don't normally drink before. A show, but you know, special, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're obviously in the tasting room here at the hotel. This is my hotel room, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was booking here. Now, this is the tasting room, yeah. It's the Hotel du Vin, uh, which means Hotel of Wine. And they're quite slow to get you wine, actually, considering. But I really like it. So I'm, I'm a bit bad at the moment. I'm staying in Newcastle, not Sunderland. I was booked into Newcastle, mm-hmm. but I'm doing the show in Sunderland, so I don't know why, but. You know, it's fine. I like Newcastle. I've been wandering around. Are you a, a wine fan, connoisseur? Yeah, I like wine. No, I'm not a connoisseur, but I like, you know, like a drop. I was, um, obviously, apart from Trigger Happy, I was a big, big fan of uh, The Happy Hour. Oh, my with, God. With Tiger. That was my favourite show that ever. That has to be the most funnest, fun shows you've ever, ever made. Literally, that was the... Trigger Happy. That was the... Well, it was more fun making Happy Hour. Trigger Happy is a lot of hard work, whereas Happy Hour was just... I mean, it literally, it was like me going around the world getting pissed with my best friend. I've just made another show which was almost as much fun, actually, which was called Have Beer Changed the World. And I've just went around the world for a year drinking beer. So that was pretty good. But I went with a guy called Ollie, who I like a lot, uh, and I'm really friends with now. But Pete was, you know, Tiger was like my oldest friend, so that was just, it was brilliant. Is he up in his own gin? <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Gin, he lives in Newfoundland, and uh, he married a Newfoundlander. And he's, like, he's the, he's, he just couldn't concentrate on what he wants to do. He wants to be a writer, he wants to be an artist. Uh, he, like, he won the equivalent of the Newfoundland a Turner Prize like, it was insane I was wow. like only because there's no one else doing anything there and then he stopped and he was being ex- I went to an exhibition in Toronto I was like but you know, you know they know you're bullshitting yeah I mean it was total bollocks and then uh, and then yeah he decided to set up a distillery and weirdly Newfoundland's like probably the most alcoholic I think St John's the capital has the most bars per per, per head uh, head of the population in the world but they didn't make any of their own booze really weird um, and so he set up the Newfoundland gin uh Distillery, I think it's called, and their gin just won best gin in the world. Not bad, is it? I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. Do you like gin? Not really. No. The first thing I ever got pissed on was gin, and like it just, I sort of brings me back. It brings me back to that a bit. It's a bit of a depressant as well. Mine was JD. Really? And obviously working in America with the band, yeah, yeah. whiskey's pretty much up there. Yeah. And it was JD at age fifteen. I was like, no. Does the smell still do it? I can't stand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't stand it. I've quite. I've got back to gin a bit, but it's still not the same. Yeah. Um, so. Let's just jump straight in. Mm. I'm a huge fan of yours. Thank you very much. Well, I'm I think we've been quite in contact. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No, I do. I love your band. I think they're great. Scars um, on 45. Um, they're good. We've been in communication probably since 2010, around 2011. Was it? I was trying yeah. to remember when it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, through music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never met each other. No. But we always kept in contact through social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've always kept you. Uh, I always thought what a great name your band was. Like a lot of people write with bands, mm-hmm. and like, I think band names are so important. Don't you, I mean, do you know what there's I mean? some absolute shocking names out there's some shocking names yeah. but also sometimes it like so defines what your band is like if you call your band Pelvic Thrust or something like, <laughs> you know where you're going to stand shall I tell you my favourite band name I think because it's so good is Blur it just yeah. doesn't say anything and it's short and no one misspells it and all that stuff mm-hmm. but Scars on 45 I love why are you called Scars on in fact I know this I think I'm Go guessing on. it's because of scratches on, is it? On But are they called scars? Is that a technical term? It's, yeah, well, we heard her, well, we read a, an interview with Emmylou Harris. Yeah, yeah. When she was younger, she was playing with her dad's uh, old 45s in the yeah. basement, happened to scratch them, and he said, accused her of scarring That's his such 45s. a nice image, isn't it? Scarring yeah, so it's got yeah. a story behind it. It's the most, uh, 
kind of we always get asked that question in any interview. yeah of course so and it's one of the things but it's, it's nice to have a, well it's nice to have a band name that actually means something doesn't yeah, it? yeah yeah um but for you i mean i'm so intrigued like how it all started for you from from the beginning i mean I've, everyone knows everyone knows you about trigger happy with a big phone and everything i hate yes and I, I know but it's like it's not just about that for me the it, thing is the big phone was brilliant because if you hadn't seen trigger happy you knew about the big phone but for me the big phone it's kind of like it was the least interesting part of Trigger Happy for me. That's why I always put it before the credits because it was kind of like this is the big shouty thing. But Trigger Happy really was about me constantly having a nervous breakdown dressed as a squirrel with some really sad music. Like it was like a really sad indie. You know, that's what I like doing. I mean, being funny and weird. But and, and the phone was okay. But the phone was really. People now look at the phone and think, oh, he was satirising like how we use mobile phones it wasn't it was just an excuse to interrupt mm -hmm. annoying things so like being in a library or stuff like that so and also those twats that actually it started really from those people that were on trains and just want you they turn the whole train into your office and 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 they just want you to you know they don't need to have that phone call you know, and it just irritated me. I think from my perspective, and also my brother's perspective, huge, huge fans at the time, like 2000, 2003, was it? It what? was kind of when, when it first started, you know, 2000, 2000, 14th of January, season 2000. one. And it wasn't just the idea and the concept that, that drew, drew me in, because I thought it was absolute genius, and it still is, because nothing has ever been made as good as that. No, because... When it comes to hidden yeah. camera. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. Um, but not just that, I mean, the balance, which we'll talk about later, of the music and the soundtrack, like, the music you used. The music to me was more important than, than, than the comedy, really. And my, my problem was I grew up watching a lot of that kind of comedy. There was a thing called Funny People, which was like a South African candid camera that I got out in Lebanon. I used to watch Candid Camera and then terrible shit that Beatles about and you've been framed. And I kind of loved that reality type humour but it was always naff like it was a kind of camera actually had its cool moments it was quite surreal but all of it was so naff and I was like if you're smart in comedy you're supposed to go to script you're supposed to write sitcoms and do that and I was like but I love this like this is what I like and people don't realise that it's improv as well and again improv is such a horrible word you think oh it's John Sessions stuck in a lift you know like it's not that but it's improv and in America what I do goes on to things like Spinal Tap that I love and Kirby enthusiasm, you know, where they've basically got a very rough idea what they're going to do and then they make it up. Because I'm talking to people in the street, I have no idea what they're going to say, so there's no script. So I was trying to make what I did cool, and I didn't intentionally go, so I'll put some cool music on it. But I remember when we were first doing stuff, and then I started just putting my favourite songs on because I want to be a pop star, really. It was the closest way for me to get mm. songs I loved. And I put a Jacques Brel song, you know, he's like a sad Belgian singer on the, on the dogs hitting each other. And I remember someone at Channel 4 actually saying, uh, I think cartoon music would be better here, and I can. And it wasn't like me planning it, but I was just like, "But that's absurd! I want people to be quite upset about what they're watching, and then think, why on earth am I upset about this?'" And I just, I, for me, Trigger Happy was a labour of love. Like I literally, we lived and breathed it, me and Sam, for a year, and we filmed and filmed and filmed and filmed. And the reason we could do it was almost just that year. It was like punk. You didn't have to rent a, a camera you could actually buy, finally, a little camera that you could go and film with. And before that, we wouldn't have been able to afford to do it. You'd have to just rent, get a crew for a day. So it meant we could literally suddenly just play our own, be in our own band. We just went and did it. And everything about it was us. In the edit, choosing the music was, like, the best bit for me. Like, finding my favourite bit of a song. Like, that bit in a song that makes you just want to play it again and yeah. again. That's what the whole soundtrack was about. Was it hard to get 
band's permission at that time? Like you said, it's kind of a, okay, so a um, like DIY way that you were doing yeah. it. it. This was, was really interesting. It wasn't DIY, and it was Channel 4. So Channel 4 had a kind of blanket agreement, which meant that we could use... Uh, we could use almost any band, uh, which was fine. Occasionally, like I had a moment where I had to ring Paul McCartney. I didn't ring him, but we got these weird stages where I was using "Band on the Run" that I love, you know, on a terrible shit scene of me in a fat suit stuck down a thing or something. And you're, you're ringing Paul London, McCartney. London Underground, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're ringing Paul McCartney to bother him with this, and so someone's rung Paul McCartney, and then we're waiting because we're in the edit, and someone literally rings us up. And I remember this, and he goes, "I've got Paul on the other line. Uh, could you just?" Uh, talk him through what it is you're doing and you're like well it's me in a fat suit and uh, like that and just go and then you hear the lo- the lawyer whoever was laughs and then goes yeah Paul says it's fine I go I've nearly spoken to a Beatle wow <laughs> so that was weird but then the most requested song I'd say from Trigger Happy was If You Could Read My Mind by Gordon Lightfoot mm-hmm. now I had a sort of girlfriend who was Canadian and ages ago and she played me If You Could Read My Mind and I was like that's the most amazing song I've ever heard. I now know it's one of the most covered songs in the world, but I'd never heard it. I thought it was incredible, and I always had it in my head. And so when Trigger Happy came, and I was doing this guy in Trafalgar Square who was like a caricature artist, and basically the whole thing was like, this guy was just nuts. And I just, so it was, I don't normally do literal music with it, but it just made sense. It's such a beautiful song, and if you could read my mind, basically you'd know mm-hmm. I'm a nutter and you shouldn't be sitting there. So I put it on every single one. And we got requests for this. What is this song? What is it? And I was like, fuck. And Trigger Happy had really taken off. And so you start getting your big head and you're like, you know what? I think we might get a number one out of this. Like we could do a Christmas number one, like Vic Reeves and stuff. So I said, I imagine that, I didn't know Gordon Lightfoot was. I thought he's probably just living in some fucking cabin in Canada. So I go, ring him up, like tell him we're going to get him back. It's going to be big. So we wait and wait and Christmas is approaching. Nothing happening. Everyone's going, we should really, you could make a video with him and stuff. So finally I ring up his manager and I go, hi, uh, we haven't really heard back from Gordon. He goes, oh, no. And I go, look, I don't want to put too fine a point in it, but we've got the biggest hit in Britain. This song's being requested. We could make a video with Gordon and then, you know, we'd get to number one. And he goes, you know what? Gordon said no. And I said, why? He goes, he saw the show. He thought it was shit. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and now I realise Gordon Lightfoot, like, he's massive. Like, he's, like, probably the biggest recording artist in Canada. So, you know, he didn't, obviously he's got terrible comedy taste, but... Yeah, he didn't need my help. Yeah. So, yeah. I collected the albums, the red, green and the purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I tried to theme them. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I did do that. Yeah, so yeah. the first one was red, then purple, then green. And then the Christmas we, special, didn't you? One yeah, the Christmas yeah, special yeah. was the green. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would, But then they released it looking like it was a third yeah. series and stuff. So yeah. The inspiration, the characters, the voices. Um, <laughs> voices. I, mean, the, I mean, my favourite voice was when you were, I think, I'm sure you were in either Brussels or Bruges, you were in Windows, Dorsch. That was genius. That well, was the, like, the only accent, I'm really bad at accents. You know, you know. No, no, I really am. So I, I can do a couple. So I can do the Dutch, like uh, talk a little bit like this. <laughs> but then if I keep going, it veers into like South African. American, like, is really dodgy. So I could only do. Basically, I do a sort of mishmash of a European action, and that was in Bruges, and I knew that was going to work, because there were just these guys, you know when you go to one of those old towns, and, and there's a guy just driving you around. So I thought, fucking, this is brilliant. So we paid this guy $100, and just said, the next person that comes, I'm going to sit in the front, you don't say a thing, just go round and round. And they were like, you sometimes, you're so lucky, because like, you could get someone that wasn't funny, didn't speak English, wouldn't sign, but the classic American woman got on. And I'm like, hello, please. Okay, now we are going to go round and round uh, the Bruges and look at all the windows. So we go around a couple of times. And I'm like, if you load this up there, there's some windows, there's a square window, and there's a little round window. 
And she's like, okay, enough with the windows, let's go. I go, okay, please, I have not finished the window talk. And we went round and round. And again, because in Trigger Happy, I think short, we had to really like condense it. But then in the DVD, I think in the DVD, we, we showed the whole thing speeded up. And they were on for half an hour, just going round and round. She was like, excuse me, are we just going to go? I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, anything ever go wrong during Trigger Happy? As in, obviously, no one sees that, but any, any issues oh my with God, permission? So or any oh, people get right. a bit, I don't know, maybe aggressive towards you guys? Or was it... A- Not really aggressive, because my thing is, I've never, I never want to piss people off. Yeah. So really, no one's ever really uh, angry with me. They're more just, they want to know what the fuck's gone on. I've had so many weird moments. My favourite weird one is one where we pulled out. So the idea was that I was the Grim Reaper and we were going to knock on the door and the joke was someone would open the door and then uh, I'd go, it's your time. (laughs) And they go, sorry. I go, you are number 38. And he goes, no, we're number 40. I go, sorry, wrong door. You know, so like Grim Reaper going to the wrong place. So we walk in around and we see this door. So we knock on the door and uh, Sam's filming, I'm Grim Reaper. Door opens and it's a blind guy, yeah? So he's like, hello? And I go, I, I just look at Sam, I go, can't do this, you know? Because so, you know, I'm not mean. So I go, oh, sorry, sorry, I think I got the wrong door. He doesn't know I'm Grim Reaper because he's blind, so that's fine. And then, so we fuck off. And then just as I'm going out, I look and there's a CCTV camera. And I suddenly think, that guy's probably got a nephew here who's going to spool through it and see that his uncle was visited by the Grim Reaper like two weeks ago. So that was a, that was kind of weird. There were lots of odd stuff like that. The Chimney Sweet one was good. That Chimney Sweet When one. you came, did Sam come down? So, Sam, Sunday, that, so yeah. that was in Sam's parents' house in Colchester in Essex. And uh, Sam dressed as Father Christmas and we had this big fucking chimney. So Sam went up the chimney, but he couldn't stay up there. So we couldn't work out how to keep him up there. So we tried to drill a... Whole, I mean, like all this shit you never see. We were trying to drill a big nail so that he could almost hang from the... Anyway, we finally got him up there and he's like holding like this, so it's not, not much time. We ring these chimney sweeps and the first one that comes in is the one we use and he's old. And we're like, fuck, what if like the guy comes in, Sam falls down, because the joke is like the chimney's blocked, can you have a look up? So he looks up and Sam as Father Christmas falls down. And we thought, what if the guy has a heart attack? You know, and, like we've killed him. So I have to say, we were a bit less responsible in those days. So we, th- we, we thought, OK, if he does, we'll drag him out, put him in his van, drive him about a mile off and go, no, he never turned up like that. Yeah. But anyway, so we did it. And, and he puts his white sheet out and Sam falls down. And it's just it was a brilliant reaction. But then the guy chases Sam, dressed as Father Christmas. Right. It was just weird, the whole thing. What's your favourite character then in all, all the trigger happens? If you could just choose one. Well, there's difference because there's yeah. jokes. And I, I love the snail. I love real physical. Yeah beautiful moments where it's like about the music and a shot so like the snail or or just the guy with the stop stop sign yeah. but i think my favorite is the dutch tourist because or the swiss maybe guy i just love i love finding a beautiful old couple they're not and they're people, so people used to now. say like oh you pick on old people it's like i'm not picking on them no. like if they're simple or they're not getting it i'm not interested i want them they're just sweet they listen mm-hmm. And I love just starting on a story about, you know, I was here and I had botulism and I've been vomiting very, very heavily everywhere. When you had the hat on. Yeah, and then, and then, I have yeah. seen doctors many, many times and all that stuff. I just, and, and, you like, just, oh, yeah. and I just, there's a moment where I'd look at Sam and I'd just go, I can fucking say anything here and carry on. And there was an old sea dog we had once right in the first Trigger Happy where we went down to Somerset and I had this great outfit, like yellow parka and the hat. And we didn't really know what the character was going to be. So Sam kind of went on the beach filmed out and I thought well look, I'll just talk to these two 
and we'll sort of find out what the joke is. And literally the first two we met, it was like, I've lost my dog and my wife. And they were just like, oh, yes. And they were amazing. So it, it's incredible. Like, it's, I, I love all these characters. But do you think, like, you mentioned it just then, like, obviously the elderly and everything like that, but we're very, we're very um, innocent public, aren't we? You don't mean the British. We're very... That is, that's the thing I really noticed when I went abroad. I mean, the big mobile, which, again, I don't particularly like, but the different... The way that people reacted with the big mobile here compared to New York, for instance. So here... Like, basically all British comedy and us is a fear of embarrassment. Like, we just don't want people to pick us out. And unless you're about to be stabbed, people are just going to go, just leave me alone, buddy. You know? So if you start shouting, everyone's like, oh, God, like, I wish he'd stop. In America, I did it on the subway. Everyone's like, shut the fuck up, asshole, like that. We'll pull a gun on you or you get arrested. So, yeah, yeah it's very different. Yeah. But you did try it in America, didn't you? I didn't try it in America. We, we, we went off and filmed a couple of things in America. And then when, when Trigger Happy stopped and I moved to the BBC, Comedy Central... Uh, the prob so the problem we had with the music was we had a blanket agreement in Channel 4 so we could play all the music. But to sell it abroad, which we never thought would happen, mm -hmm. you had to get it licensed. And the cost of that... Every track had to be licensed, so even the title Elastica was going to cost £80,000 to use. So if you can imagine how many tracks we used, and normally it's not the bands, because the bands were like, fuck, I'd love to have it in because it's mm -hmm. good publicity for us. But normally they've sold their publishing, you must know yeah, this, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. it's some manager who can't be asked. So anyway, we couldn't get it done, so I sold it all the way around the world with a shit sound-alike soundtrack, which killed it, really. And in America, I was like, MTV wanted it, and I said, no, not unless you have it with all the music. And they couldn't do it because they couldn't afford it. And in the end, I thought, fuck it, better it go out than not. So Comedy Central bought it. Right. And it did really well, still. Mm -hmm. So then they said, we want to make an American version. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like, I was, I'd been working with Sasha Baron Cohen, and, like, Sasha was just straight out to America. He knew exactly what he wanted. But I've always been a bit like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. I was a bit bored of it by then. And I just had a kid. I, I mean, looking back, I just can't believe. I just went, eh, you know what? So I, I sort of... In the end, they said, well, will you come and sort of exec produce it and be in a couple of scenes? So I went out and we did a couple of scenes that weren't very good, but I thought we had loads of time. And then literally two weeks in, they go, do you want to see the first show? Because it's going out tonight. I go, you what? And I thought we were going to edit it and everything. And it literally was like someone had taken the piss out of Trigger Happy. Like, they just had oh, shit yeah. costumes. They got random indie, randomly slow-mode stuff. They'd just taken what they thought were the ingredients. It, so in a way, it was quite good because it showed that Trigger wasn't that easy to make, but also a lot of people just thought that I'd done that, yeah. and that really pissed me off. But it, the, the moment you take your foot off the control, you fuck up, you know. I really like the way you're, um, you have this kind of journey on life where <laughs> you, well, you, one, you love travel. I love travel. You've got something in common. Yeah, so, I love travel. Who doesn't? I don't like the kind of um, lay on a beach I with, can't. Your, with your iPod so for bored. seven days. And you see how um, tanned you're going to get. I can't, no. But he's, he's, he's bought it's so not, monotonous. The more tanned you are, the shitter the holy. Yeah. Because you've done fuck all. I'm addicted to that moment when you get off a plane and you're hit with that wall of either like heat or the sound and like you just come into a new city, and yeah. especially cities. Yeah. And you're like, fuck yes. Like you've got to try and find it. And yeah. one of the things I love about being online, you know, that I've got all these Twitter followers that I don't know. It's like having the wisdom of crowds. So when I was in Cambodia, I'd say I'm in Phnom Penh. Now you get a lot, you know, what shall I do? So obviously you get 300 people goes, go fuck yourself. But then occasionally you get someone who goes, you don't know me, but I know someone who knows you and I'm a photographer here. And if you, if you want, I'll show you, you know, and like you get these amazing connections yeah. and stuff. So I love that. But the travel connection we both have, obviously with me touring, based in the States as yeah, well, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Um, the Where's your favourite place in the States? Um, I've done every single state apart live, from if, two. If you, oh, have you? Yeah. Fuck, so I just need, I need you to haven't do been to Hawaii? How did you know that? Yeah. Because no one's been, yeah. you haven't been to Alaska. 
There's the two. Absolutely. Fuck look, yes. at look at that. that. Yes. Look at that. Dumb jolly. Um, but if you had to choose, I play this game all the time. So if you had to buy a house, one house in America, it can't really be New York. Where would you get it? Do you know what? California's gorgeous. Would you? Berkeley. Berkeley. Okay, yeah, Berkeley. you're right. San Francisco's a bit too cold, too yeah. hippies. It's just, just in, in just the hills in. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. gorgeous. Bang on. Absolutely gorgeous. I've and then you've got Napa nearby. Yeah. Yes. And then if you want some weed and shit, you go further up. I've go. got a weird addiction to Miami. I don't know why. It's so wrong. Really? It should be so trashy. I love it. I'm a bit like that with Florida. Oh, no, no, Florida, of course. I hate living about it. Yeah. It's an effort shit, but Miami, South Beach, fuck, it's amazing. Really? I love Denver, Minneapolis. I love Denver. Do you know, I'm no big to Minneapolis, and I'm the world's biggest Prince fan. Like, when I saw Purple Rain, Fifth Avenue, yeah. the place where he did that, I wanted to go and do all that stuff. Second and third album got uh, recorded there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, well, we I am visiting Percy Park. They're you? doing the tours. They're doing the tours now. You can actually go After he died? Yeah. 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 It's amazing, so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, that's a great place to go to. And Boise, Idaho. I haven't been to Boise, I haven't been to Idaho. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't done that top left. So I haven't yeah. done Washington State, Oregon, Montana, all those sort of ones. Gorgeous, I really want to do that. Yeah. But, I mean, there's so much of America. It's huge. Do. Yeah, I know, it's amazing. It's so vast. But anytime, yeah, if you want to need a tour guide. There you go. I yeah, love we can it. Do it. Um, so we're just going to finish off in here. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to have a little ride down to Sunderland. We're going yeah, we're we're to leave... car, car share to Sunderland. There's going to be no difference between this and Sunderland at all. This is what Sunderland is like. Yeah, I know from, that yeah. you think I'm being rude to you, Sunderland, <laughs> but you're a bit chippy. I took one fucking picture of a woman on a bench with a scratch card with what looked like Pyongyang in the background, and suddenly it's like, oh, he's taking the piss. I wasn't. I was. <laughs> anyway, we're going to Sunderland. Hopefully we're going to go out after I've left Sunderland. Yeah. I'll be lynched. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, really so, yeah, so we're going to drive over there. And then uh, I'll show you around the theatre. Have you got some music on your on, on your phone? Are you? Of course I fucking have. Absolutely, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good. Should we good. do one each sort of thing? You play me one, I'll play yours, or do you want me to play or what? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think we should get get in the nitty and gritty about the music. Oh yeah, that's because I mean, music's I'm, huge in your life. Oh, it's just more important than anything. That's what I, mean? I love talking about. Well, yeah. One thing like I've noticed as well, I've, I've, um, it seems like you're always doing something different. <laughs> no, I'm not being disrespectful. <laughs> I'm unemployed. No, why. but it's like it's very similar to myself. It's like when you got the, you do the music and you're kind of at home thinking, right, what what what. What should I do? Try something new, and it, you always kind of—it's that kind of. I'd love to say Every that. single day, like it's your last. No, yeah, well, I'd love you know to say I mean? it's like, that. But firstly, you know, as Caitlin Moran said, "Bitch, got to pay rent." I mean, you know, yeah. you just—I I can't. You know, people go, "Oh, you should make another comedy show." I go, "You know what? It's not like I can just ring someone up and do it. You got to wait for stuff to come in. You got to have the right idea." So I have a real problem in that I—I I can't say no to things. Like I kind of love, you know, there are things I know I shouldn't do, like splash. Don't do a homoerotic. The only way is Essex high-diving spin-off reality show, but I'm like, you know what, I'd quite like to learn to dive. So there, you make mistakes, but also, I, I, I just, I'd never want that what-if, like, you know, that I shouldn't have done it. So yeah, I say yes to too many things, but the thing I really love the most is writing. Like, if I could combine writing, music, and travel, so if I did a book, and this could be an idea of, like, if I went to my 10 music places in the world that had really influenced me, so Paisley Park would be an interest, like going to Minneapolis, but writing doesn't pay. Well, it pays for me, mm -hmm. but I've got kids and shit that I've got to pay for. So much as I love my kids, but you know, so like some, sometimes you have to make decisions, you have to do an ad because, you know, I've got to pay my rent, that's it. The inspiration of the writing, so you've six books now, you've got a new one coming out, the my new one's so Hezbollah good. Hiking Club. Nice, do you like the name? Um, yes, yeah. um, I'd love to do it though. What? The actual hike. Well, do you know I, what? I, I, I looked into it myself. That, do you that know is what? Do you know what? I genuinely think when the book comes out, I'm going to have done a really good thing for the Lebanese tourist board because, you know, no one goes to Lebanon as a tourist mm -hmm. and they fucking should. It's the best country in the world. Not just I grew up there, but it's so exciting. The food's amazing. 
Think you can go shot. skiing and go to the beach. A food you did with the fried eggs, is it? That no, that's no, skiing oh shot. Where was that? Was that like on top of the actual hike itself? Where was that? No, that was just like uh, someone's terrace where we were staying before we went skiing. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing though. Unbelievable. Yeah. So for your inspiration, obviously your books, where is it coming from? Is it the travel? Is it is it your, your personal life? Is it people you're meeting? Um, well, where's the idea come from? Yeah, your ideas, like Dark Taurus, for example. Well, yeah, well, Dark Taurus yeah. Dark is exactly what you were talking about. I, I hate travel... I, I don't want to travel to places that where, where there are beaches and stuff. I, I, no, I love a beach, but I, you know, I don't want to go on a normal holiday. And I realised that the sort of places I like going to were, I suppose, a bit like... Like, dark tourism itself, technically, is quite morbid. It's like people that want to go to murder scenes and stuff. I don't want to do that. But I realised what it was when I went to Sarajevo, which is my top tip if you want to go somewhere in Europe that you haven't been to. Sarajevo mm -hmm. is a fucking amazing city and no one goes there. And it's famous, Sarajevo, for being where the Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated, which was what started off the First World War. And I went there on the 100th anniversary and it was kind of crazy. I'd read about it at school that this guy had assassinated Franz Ferdinand and because of that all these countries had gone to war this like tiny shot they've gone crazy and I didn't know the whole story but it was just amazing you go there and you suddenly find yourself standing on the fucking corner it was like when I went to where Kennedy was shot and I can't explain it it's like but it, this happened years ago but it really feels like you're sort of breathing a bit of history I can't explain it and then that was even more amazing because when I got there you found the whole story and realised that it was total shit like there, there were three assassins to kill uh, the, the Archduke and he arrives in his car and he's being driven along the quay the first guy throws a bomb it hits the side of the car and bounces off goes off but doesn't kill him so they're fine the second guy sees that thinks he's fucked up and run off and the third one just thinks that, and so the car drives quickly to the town hall so they all think they're fucked and then when he's driving so they, then Archduke Franz Ferdinand gives his speech and then they go we've got to get you out of town mm -hmm. so they drive him back and Princep who kills him is just sitting in a cafe, depressed, having a drink. And the driver takes the wrong turn and turns right, and then they go, you've gone the wrong way. So he stops right opposite you, sitting there, depressed. And he just looks up, shoots him, and that's how it happened. Like, that's how, and I love that kind of sliding door shit. And then even better, and this is fucking true, Archduke Franz Ferdinand was killed, and it started the First World War. Do you know what the number plate was of the car he was driving? And I thought, this can't be true. And I went to see the car. It's in the museum in Vienna. Mm -hmm. It's 11, 11, 18, which is the last day of the First World War. And I thought, that can't be true, but it is. And I hate all that conspiracy stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not a conspiracy, but that is the most... And that's why I love it. I love that shit. What's the best place you've ever been, sir? You know, oh, you, you know what, your top three. Wherever I'm Just going to finish next. off with, before we go to Sunderland. Okay, I would say Cambodia. I fucking thought Cambodia was insane. It was a bit like Lebanon, where I grew up. It, you know, you're, it's famous for having this incredible war, but it's got this great culture, and it's just fascinatingly weird, great place. I love Morocco. I'm really into Morocco. I think Morocco, for somewhere close to England, two and a half hours away, fuck like easy jet to Marrakesh, just get in a car and fuck off and there's so just many get different... Lost, yeah, just get yeah, lost yeah. in Morocco and there's so much different stuff going on there. And then, and Lebanon, I'm, I'm in love with Lebanon again, but my favourite country I've ever been to is Syria. Like, and you can't go there at the moment, but you will soon. It's an amazing place. It's your kind of uh, chill out. What's Dom Jolly's kind of weekend chill out? What, what do you like to do? Well, that's what's weird for me, because I'm so, so, I do such odd things, but I also really, really, it just sounds so cheesy when you say this shit, but I really value the basic stuff. So, like, I miss London, and I live in the middle of the country, but when I leave London and I've done something, there's a certain moment where I drive, like, past Burford, and suddenly, like, in the middle of nowhere, and you're like, ah, oh, this is nice, and I've got pigs. I've got rescue pigs at home. I've, I've seen got, your pigs. I've got my dogs. 
I've got my kids, I suppose, I quite like as well, and my wife. And I kind of, I always felt there's two things, there's two parts of your life. There's work and home. And I think if both are in flux, you're fucked. Like, you can't do anything. So I've been really lucky to have a wife who kind of trusts me and lets me go away for quite long times doing weird stuff mm. because I don't take the piss. And, you know, I'm, I'm probably not the world's greatest husband in that I'm a bit tricky, but I love it when I get home. And so, like, I'm not doing the nine-to-five thing, so I'm not there every night, but there are times when I'm there for three weeks and they just yeah. want me to leave again. So I'd, that, I'd love just chilling out. And it's so terrible, but I'm now 50 and I just like walking. Can you imagine, like, 30 years ago, if I said, what do you do to relax? Well, you know, I really like walking. But I do, I like to take my dogs out and just go for a long walk. Well, the great outdoors and the fresh air. Yeah, I know, but it sounds so un-rock and roll, and I kind of still think I'm a bit rock and roll. But yeah, so maybe cocaine and walking. (laughs) If you could combine those two. But live in marching powder, that's what it is. There you go. Just do it, there you go. One thing I obviously noticed with, I follow you on social media, throughout Twitter, Instagram. It's very aggressive. No, it's not not about that. You're on top of it. Yeah, I do. You like to use... Is it something that... Are you a fan of social media? Yeah, I love social media. I I hate the fact that I spend so much time on it. Uh, It's got really good things for me. The fact I've got lots of followers means that, as I said, I can use it sometimes when I'm travelling. You know, I can suddenly find someone I know that I don't know but who follows me is there. So it's useful. But also I spend a lot of time responding to cunts. I'll use that word again. (laughs) That I just don't need to respond to. But I kind of like a fight and you're not supposed to feed the trolls. But I'm like, well, why not? I quite like doing that I like feeding the trolls so I do like a fight I like an argument but I spend too much time on it but on the other hand it's a currency as well like for what I do people when they employ you for stuff they'll look at your social media and they'll go well how many followers has he got which is crazy because yeah, I know sad, people who buy sad, it is anyway. that a sad thing I mean obviously well it's not a sad thing I mean it's just a currency isn't yeah. it it's like how much you're worth but what I find astonishing is people will book you and say oh he's got so this many followers, and if I really want followers, I just go and buy a million. I mean, I know a lot of people who have bought them. So yeah. the whole thing is actually a completely false currency anyway. I yeah. think overall it's quite a good thing. But I, that's why I like doing those shows like I'm a Celeb when I'm off everything. Like, oh my God, you relax, it's yeah. amazing. And you and I met through social media. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah so it's good and bad in that way. So, I mean, that whole world of like Tinder and stuff, if I was single, like, I was a goth, I spent my whole 10, I spent my whole 20s as a goth sitting in the corner thinking, I hope someone goes, who's that really interesting bloke sitting in the corner playing with his fringe? Whereas I could have just gone on goth Tinder, Ginder or whatever it's called, <laughs> not Grinder, and, uh, and just met another lovely goth, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. So just to finish off, yeah. um, what's next? You, see, you mentioned the sitcom. Yeah, so I've you haven't really sitcom. touched on that, Mark. Like, no, because I haven't really done it. Do you want to talk it. about it more? Or not really, because I don't really know what it's... Well, I do know what it's about, but I can't say it yet. But Working right. Title, who are a proper big grown-up company, have optioned it, so they mm-hmm. like it. So hopefully that's going to happen. My book's coming out. I'm doing Earworm. And I don't know what I'm going to do now. I just, you know, I've no, I never know what I'm going to be doing next. It's but, exciting though, isn't it? Yeah, but it is exciting. But it's also, also just would be nice to know you've got some money coming in. And, you know, it's exciting and it's not exciting. Like, I'd hate to live that life where I just do the same thing every day, nine to five. But on the other hand, sometimes I think, God, it must be so nice just to not, not to have to worry about it. But on the other hand, like, look, look what we're doing today. It's been fucking brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. I've enjoyed myself. Yeah, me too. You've enjoyed yourself. I've really enjoyed myself, yeah. yeah. We've listened to some classic tunes. Yeah, we should. I, you know what? I haven't had a musical road trip for a long time like mm-hmm. that. And it's not quite driving across America, was it? I mean, no offence, but Newcastle to Sunderland, it's not one of the great, <laughs> Maybe it's great a, drives Maybe it's an idea world. for another show over but, in yeah. America. Yeah. How about Dom and Nova's shit road trips? Mm. You know you what? Channel 5, if you're watching, <laughs> you could do worse than you have. 
Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. I really enjoyed that. Awesome. Great. I Thank hope you. you enjoy the show tonight. Absolutely. Can't wait to see it. Thanks, neighbor. That was fucking brilliant. Um, so what are you doing? Do you want to... Are you going to... If you... When we finish... I'll probably pop over to the pub. So if you want to drink afterwards, or just or just fuck off, whatever you want. Don't feel any pressure. Hello, this is Dom Jolly, and Nova is meeting me again live at the Salt Brewery in Bradford, July the 3rd. This episode is sponsored by the Idle Draper in Bradford.